listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. One of the outstanding writers at ESPN does a phenomenal job covering baseball. She is Marley Rivera. Hey, Marley, how are you? Hi, Larry. I'm excellent now that I hear your voice. It's really good to hear you, and it's good that we're going to talk about baseball. Imagine Yeah, that. absolutely. Finally, right? <laughs> Finally, absolutely. Marley, I want to talk about the article you wrote about a week or so ago. So it was just moving, and I wanted to talk about that. But oh. first, while we're, getting, while we're talking about baseball, did you ever think when they were going back and forth about, no, we want 50%, we want a match, we want to do this, that we would ever get to this point? Absolutely not. I actually did not. <laughs> there was a point when I felt there was, there was a little bit of hope in me at one point, Larry. I think I'm a totally hopeful person. <laughs> and I was like, but when I saw the bickering, and not only that, at that point, you know, the coronavirus was really just in a tough spot. Not that we are not uh, still in that tough spot right now, let me be very clear. But yeah, it was like, a, I really doubted it. There came a point when I'm like, this isn't going to happen, and I would change my mind every 24 hours. And then what it did, the way it stroke and it kind of moved rapidly from there, it was really good to see. And it is. And, and hopefully this 60-game and 67-day season is going to be fascinating. Marley, what, yeah. what, are the, what of the changes that they have, what are the ones that you think will play the biggest role? Is it going to be the the pitcher has to face three batters unless it's the end of an inning? Is it the uh-huh. uh, DH in both leagues for a change, which is something I think should have been done long ago? Or is it what everybody and, and every pitcher hates? The runner on second at the beginning of the 10th inning. <laughs> yes, that's it. I mean, you said it right there, Larry. And the funny thing is that I am a, a lone voice on Twitter when I say all the time, I have had, and I will call it the pleasure, not everyone agrees, but I have had the pleasure of covering games like that. I have covered games in the World Baseball Classic, and I have mm. covered, covered games in the Caribbean World Series where that rule is there. It doesn't happen in the 10th inning. It happens after the 12th inning. But it's really interesting, right? Like, I'm going to see it. And I have to tell you this. Everybody hates it. Everybody that I speak to (laughs) hates it. All the players are calling it, that's not real baseball. Adam Adovino, as we know, the, the very talented reliever for the Yankees, who's a veteran, he's like, no, come on, what are we doing? But I have to say, it's not that bad. Larry, it's actually very entertaining. Like, it's one of those things that it's just really... And you know what? We all talk about really long baseball games, and we mm-hmm. complain about them. But I had all these fans online telling me, Larry, oh, they were really upset because why are we supporting? I was supporting this rule, who is normally a baseball purist. And then I, I told them, because you've never been at the game after the 19-inning game. Mm-hmm. The day after is the tough one. The day after is the one where the players can get injured. And not yeah. only that, if you have a late-inning game that ends at 2-3 in the morning, and you have a day game the next day, report oh. time is 11. So it really is just not conducive this season to put yourself in that position. So I'm just really glad that that's what they're doing. Even though everyone hates it, it's the right decision. It's the right decision, Marley, and it's one for us reporters because, doggone, and I'm tired of staying. I'm, I'm, I've been in that clubhouse at 3 in the morning after the next inning game and had to be back there for them to walk in at 11. So for us, it helps us too. <laughs> no, exactly. And it is one of those moments, right, when the games are so long and when these things happen, you cannot afford. You just said it, Larry. We're going to have six, you know, these 60 games have to fit in 66 or 67 days, however you want yeah. to count them, right? If we do the 23rd, how are you going to do that if you have a bunch of 17-inning in- games? And how Absolutely. are you going to do that if you have players who get tired? 
we already have to deal with the coronavirus as an issue. So now on top of that, we're going to have to deal with stressing out their arms even further more. Let's talk about the pictures, right? So that's exactly what's happening. And I know you all hate it. And I know I'm going to get a lot of messages, but you know what? It's kind of fun. And it actually serves the purpose of finishing the game, which is really what we need. Yeah. It, it, it's going to be fascinating to see also how it changes the strategy, Marley. I mean, I couldn't believe it. I'm watching summer camp games with the Yankees and people actually practicing how to bunt. <laughs> this is incredible. Not only that, when would we ever – one of the fun things about – you know, one of the few fun things about the summer camp, you know, quote-unquote, one of the fun things that they're doing is that we get to see things that we've never seen before. Mm-hmm. Did you ever see a player hit a home run after the inning was over? No. That home run, they were already three out. And the fascinating thing is that they're saying that the home run counts. So that's really entertaining to me. And not only that, you know, we got to see we got to see DJ LeMahieu take a bat when he was already taken out of the game. So I know. things like that are pretty entertaining. You know what? This has been a really tough time for us in New York, and I don't mean to be callous. And I know that this is, you know, we have all lost dear friends and dear family members, and this has been a terrible, you know, we count those 111 days as some of the worst 111 days of our lives. Yeah. But then yeah. we can look forward to something. We can actually be like, you know what? This is going to be fun and exciting. So then I'm looking forward to that. Absolutely. The thing that got me, Marley, from the summer camp was uh, at one point in time, no outfielders. And another point in time, no infielders. <laughs> that was interesting. Exactly. Exactly. It's just really entertaining. And, and you know what? I know that you called it summer camp. This is exactly what Major League Baseball is calling it. But I don't understand how we're calling this summer camp. It's I agree. a little bit silly. <laughs> in my opinion, I like to reboot it spring training or spring training 2.0. Yeah. I agree. I agree with you. It's the voice of Marley Rivera, writer for ESPN. You're listening to ESPN New York tonight here on 98.7 ESPN. I'm Larry Hardesty. Marley, if not now, when? Take me through. The title is eye-catching for sure. What was the genesis of the idea of putting this article together? Well, how it happened in the beginning, Larry, and what we started doing at that point was I was reaching out. It actually has been an ongoing project. Mm-hmm. I had been working on a project with Latino players and everything that we've been going through. And that has been very particular, right, the last couple of years with the issues that have happened with immigration and so on, right? So yes, I had been yes. working with these guys trying to get them to talk, and none of these guys talk on the record, right? They, they're really afraid, Larry. They, call, they know that if they become, quote-unquote, problematic, and they are, you know, then they're unemployable. And this is the way that they pay, you know, for the food to, to feed, this is how they feed their families. So they're very afraid to speak. When everything started happening, right, and we know what happened to George Floyd, and we know, you know, this terrible moment that we're going through as society, then I was like, I need to do something, right? I had been working. So I reached out to a lot of prominent African-American players in baseball, most of them active. And I can tell you that I reached out to a lot of them, and 99.9% of them didn't want to talk on the record. Mm. And that was really tough to see, and that's how it started. So I started reaching out to players, and I decided that I was going to start reaching out to international players a little bit to see what they think. And then at the same time, I would reach out to retired players mm-hmm. because they were no longer afraid to put mm-hmm. their voices out there. And we saw the stories of the Tony Gwynn Jr., right? And we've seen right. everything happen. So it is heartbreaking to know that this is happening. It is heartbreaking to know that not in the 1960s these stories were happening, of using the N-word and using these things that are just incredibly offensive and that I thought we were all... I'm not, I don't 
live in a bubble thinking that racism doesn't exist, but I really didn't think that it was that bad for these players out there. And to hear these guys in the years, you know, in 2018, 2017, these things happening, it's unbelievable. It just really is, you know, to, to, to hear about hate mail, like who the heck does hate mail anymore? It really is just, inc- I thought we were just down to uh, trolls and email. You know, it's just really interesting. So these guys go through this and don't speak up, and now we see it, and now we see why. We saw what, you know, Gabe Kapler did, the new manager of the San Francisco Giants, of taking a knee with a few of of his players, and we know how controversial it became today. A hashtag of boycott MLB started. So obviously, you know, this is still an issue, and that's what really grates me. The fact that we are still dealing, I can't even imagine for you as a black man, to still be handling, you know, these issues so many years that have been, you know, that have been working on so many years in the making. It's, um, it's an experience, Marley, I got to tell you. And, <laughs> and the frustrating thing about it is that the message continues to be hijacked. You know what yeah. I'm saying? The message continues to be, and and as soon as I saw the situation, as you mentioned with the with the Gabe Kapler, you know, and and I and I, you know, we were talking about that in our production meeting earlier today, and the first thing I said was, See, "Here we go again." The message yep. is not getting through. It's not about the flag. It's not. And I it's not about that. And I thought we, I thought yeah. we just went through this I to explain we it. There, I thought we were there. And not only that, Larry, we talked, you know, going back. To I talked to Jason Hayward about this, a man who has West Point graduates, a man whose grandfather went to Vietnam. You know, he called his family a military family. Uh-huh. Jason Hayward said himself, we, I come from military, and we disagree with the way the U.S. government has done things. And we disagree, you know, with, with the way that things are being handled at this point with the police. So it's really interesting to hear that perspective from people who come from that background. And when you hear the voice of Dave Roberts, the, the wonderful, you know, a gentleman, the manager who is half Japanese and half black, you know, who's the manager of the Los Angeles Dodgers, who was very harsh when, when Bruce Maxwell took a knee for the athletics. And he said, I was wrong. I was wrong. I misinterpreted because I thought of my dad, and I thought of my dad being the only, right, who is in the military. And he said, because of that, I decided that I needed to educate myself and that peaceful protest is peaceful protest. Mm-hmm. And something that is really interesting that Dave, that Dave Roberts said is the fact that we can't have it both ways, Larry. We can't expect people to peacefully protest and then complain when they are peacefully protesting. Mm-hmm. So it really is, you know, it, you know, black men and women, for, you know, it feels like it's for centuries now, but obviously for decades have dealt with this. And it's incredible. You know, obviously I'm a Latina, so I have dealt with my share of these issues. Mm-hmm. But it, it's, it's a very difficult time to be a minority in society. And we need allies and yeah. allies like Clayton Kershaw speaking out and allies mm-hmm. like Gabe Kapler taking a knee. That's what we need to see more of. And we Absolutely. saw it, Larry. We saw revealed the Black Lives Matter logo that the courts, you know, of the NBA mm-hmm. are going to have. Yes. That's a challenge to MLB. What are you doing to mm-hmm. honor Black Lives Matter? It's true. It's really true. Marley, of the former players, African-American players you spoke with, hmm. what do they think 
is the reason why the number of American of African American players in the major leagues have continues to drop. They have a lot of them have different theories. I've heard you know from the older players and the younger players. A lot of them believe that obviously the NBA. It's almost like a catch twenty two area. Mm-hmm. We tend to like the things that look like us. I know it's a little bit unfair, but it's the truth, right? If you mm-hmm. see, you know, I, I, my brother, you know, seeing play Roberto Alomar, decided that he wanted to be a second baseman because there was someone who he ended up not being one, let's be very clear. <laughs> but, you know, and much less like Roberto Alomar, very few people get to that pinnacle. But we get inspired when someone that looks like us is making great accomplishments. And that is one of the main reasons that these guys cite that there's such few men that look like these kids. Mm-hmm. You know, Larry, in the entire Yankees organization, the Yankees organization, I'm not talking about the team, the entire organization at every level, there are less than 10 black players. Wow. The 10 African-American players. And it is like that in every single system. And that is tough to see. And obviously, baseball is a game that does not allow a lot of individuality. And a lot of the younger guys embrace individuality. You know, you want to have your hair however you want it, and you want to do this and that. And, you know, we heard Andrew McCutcheon say that you're, you know, you're kind of killing the spirit. And we know that a lot of, you know, brown and black kids and Asian Americans and everything like that enjoy expressing their personality, just like, you know, Caucasians. Like, you like to Mm -hmm. express your personality, and you do it a lot through the way you dress and the way you speak and the way, you know, you wear your hair. And in baseball, that's very limited. And then young African-American black men, get to see the men in the NFL and the NBA really expressing themselves and seeing leagues that are 77% or 80% black, then you're going to get inspired. And that's what you're Mm -hmm. going to want to do. If you are following a team and Larry, this is tough to see the team with the only African-American manager, right? The only African-American manager at that time, which was Dave Roberts. And then you have only one African-American manager. Mm -hmm. And in that entire Dodgers team, there wasn't an, a single African-American player. Mm. So it's a tough time to see that. It's a really, really tough time. It is. And listen, as far as playing have, players having individuality, Marley, it's not going to change when you, when you flip your bat and you get decked <laughs> the next time at bat. <laughs> it's not going to change. It's just no, not. No, you're absolutely right. Things are never going to change. It just feels that way, right? So it's one of those moments that you feel like, okay, what's, you know, how are things going to change? What are we going to do? How are we going to inspire? And there is a program in place. It's called the RBI program. And mm-hmm. I really want to hear out there of all your fans who knows what the RBI program is. And that is the number one thing that we need to do. That young kids that are minorities, that are Asian, that are black, that are Indian, that are you know Latino, all minorities, know of the, the RBI program, which is designed precisely to engage kids that normally wouldn't be engaged in baseball. So if we invest more in programs like that, then we can make change. Then we can actually exert change. And if we also put a little bit of pressure on the teams, because one of the reasons why, and this is another one of the reasons, Larry, you asked me, so I'll give them all to you. Mm -hmm, Sure, yes. (laughs) One of the reasons why the guys mentioned is that baseball figured out how to get cheap labor in in Latin America. So why am I going to go through the draft, right, and spend more money in these players unless they're superstars? So that has also led to the dwindling of a lot of African-American players because they have to go through the draft. They have to go through that process. And baseball is investing a lot more money 
in getting cheap players in Latin America. So it's, you know, it's an entire, you know, no problem in society or in anywhere is simple, right? right. It has a lot of aspects. And in the lack, you know, the disappearance, disappearance, I'm sorry, of the black player has a lot of aspects and has a lot of issues and the reason why it's happening. Interesting article, Marley. You did a great job with it. <laughs> Folks, if you uh, missed Very it, you can, watch, you can go on the archives. It's there. Just punch it up. If not now, when? You'll see it has no, some no. fascinating quotes from Dave Winfield, who I had a chance to uh, cover. LaTroy Hawkins is outstanding, as you well know. Outspoken yep. young man. And uh, he's got some stories there as well. And Marley, you keep up the great work in writing about baseball and covering it year round. And we'll talk <laughs> to you soon. And you keep up doing the good work because, Larry, you represent a lot of people. You know, there's a lot of kids out there who want to be a radio host and who want to be a sports reporter that look like you and want to be like you. So we need you. Thank you. I appreciate that. And the same goes for you too, Marley. <laughs> Keep up the great work. Keep it up. Thank you, Larry. All right. Take care. Good talking to you. Marley Rivera. You are listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. <laughs>